0: Welcome to the Legal Marketing Studio, a podcast devoted to exploring trends and best practices in legal marketing. The podcast is a production of Picture More Business, a corporate photography studio based in Brooklyn, New York, and focused on the needs of the legal industry. I'm Michael Meyer, the host of the podcast, and I'm joined today by Tiffany Yard. Tiffany is the founder of Motovino, which pairs professional development with fun programs and wine. Uh, before founding Modovino, she spent 12 years focused on branding, communications, and HR programs for international law firms and has packaged those development strategies she learned there into tools to bring exponential success to people in their careers. Tiffany, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. So, we are going to talk about career development and promoting diversity at law firms, but we're going to kind of keep this not so much big picture and, and sort of systemic. And, you know, we know there are issues and that are programs out there to solve. Indeed. Not necessarily working as well as we might hope. But I was hoping we could talk some about some more kind of um, day-to-day kind of considerations. Uh, what marketers can do, both those in leadership roles and those, you know, who are, you know, sort of more junior, in promoting diversity, in growing their own careers, and doing so in a way that kind of promotes uh, to the benefit of everybody. Let's just start with... I want to start with the Modo Vino story a little bit. I love that idea of something so simple as bridging divides and creating connections with something, you know, it's just wine, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but creating programs around something that's very simple that people can enjoy and enjoy together in a way that creates connections that that drives change. It's simple.
1: Yeah, so uh, wine actually was my uh, avenue to building connections and creating opportunities for myself while I was climbing the corporate ladder in the legal marketing world. And when you're in a room with folks who are sometimes 20 or 30 years your senior, finding things that you have in common is hard. Sports was not my thing. Um, I didn't follow the brackets. I certainly <laughs> wasn't at the um, cooler joining any uh, football chatter. So wine was my language. Um, I started talking a little bit about some Bordeaux or found some time to talk about some burgundies that I just recently discovered at a store and all of a sudden a partner's face would light up and one in one and f- one, understandable at my age. What do I care about You know, fancy wines? And two, where to get my education? And um, that would always be the opportunity where I would have to talk about myself and promote myself. And um, I think those opportunities are the best places uh, where you can start to propel your career and lay the groundwork for a future opportunity and promotion.
0: I think it creates that connection where you're interested in what they're interested in and and doing so you're interested in them exactly right?
1: that permission you know seth godin was a wonderful um coin of this was that permission marketing you know once i've gotten to know gotten to know you and I'm actually able to build some trust with you. Now I can have your permission to tell you more about what I want, what I need, and we can have you know a healthy dialogue and build real kinship. I think that in itself is where the opportunity comes in from a career development standpoint when so I now have permission from you to talk about what I need. And you only get there if you have things in common, if you've built a rapport, if you've built that trust. And I think that takes time. It takes intention. And of course, you know, again, a place where you have some common ground.
0: And that can be grown from, you know, that that this is useful for people building their careers. It's also useful for people building teams and, you know, growing not only their own sphere of influence, but also growing that sphere of influence of the department, of the team.
1: Of course. Yeah. Leadership has a has a real responsibility to keep communication lines open. Um, they have to be seen as a trusted advisor to those who work under them. Um, they have to be seen as someone who's able to keep collected, be a constant lifelong learner, be someone willing to be adaptable to change and open to criticism even. Of course, as so long as it's constructive, You know, I think leadership has that burden of having to be the peacemaker, having to be the one to create opportunity for conversations because you know, in, in law firm world, We have hierarchies. They're real. And, you know, being able to navigate those is a real skill. And that's one thing legal marketers can do. (laughs) You know, you work in legal marketing long enough, you learn how to talk to people. You learn how to read people. Your emotional intelligence is through the roof. What leaders need now is to keep that open door policy. They have to make sure that because the hierarchies do exist and they're real and sometimes they're actually a bit overwhelming, and knowing we have the skills to navigate those spaces, Making it comfortable, making themselves approachable by those who work under them is really important. The communication itself um, should definitely be constructive. It should be, you know, there should be times where your subordinates can come to you and say, hey, look, it's it's gonna be Thursdays at two o'clock, if it's gonna be Fridays at four, whatever that time is. So not only, you know, talk about work, but also talk about what else is happening, whether it's, you know, a specific conversation with an attorney that maybe didn't go so well, or things they wouldn't wanna share in a general meeting. Meeting. Those spaces are where you definitely build more trust and you're able to show your subordinates that you're willing to listen to their diversity of thought. And that's just as important.
0: You know, talking about listening, we were also talking just a second ago about, you know, the replying to email and how it's a necessity to reply to email. Um, but how these little gestures can really set the tone on a team um, and for what people expect and how how much they feel like they have a sense of belonging.
1: Oh, for sure. You know, um, Adam Grant, as you were talking about earlier, fantastic thought leader. I love all his books. He wrote a wonderful article in New York Times just a few weeks ago about specifically responding to email. It is officially rude. It is a primary mode of communication. Thus, if you know this person, you have 24 hours to reply. That is reality. If someone picked up the phone and called you, you'd either pick up or let, or let them leave a message, and you reply accordingly. Emails should work the same way. We cannot be too busy in 2019 for these formal communications to now be lost in the sauce just because you're quote unquote too busy. You prioritize people that is a responsibility you prioritize your people and that should be the tone from the top because again these are the cues that your subordinates will take when they're thinking about their professional development how they approach you and how they approach their work
0: you know in that prioritizing you know it's not only in showing people that they're part of the team that they, you know that they're that they are valuable that their opinions are valuable their experiences are valuable but i think it's also being aware that we all come from different backgrounds. We all have, you know, we all have our our backstory, you know, and you don't know how that's going to affect how they read your actions. So I think it is important to, you know, to get that by in a very broad, open way. Oh, I agree. Definitely. There
1: are layers to people, um, whether it's cultural, whether it's their family upbringing, uh, whether it's um, what they've been used to at work before their experience or their current environment, uh, what their narratives are, what they expect from you, all these things that you may not have control over as, you know, as a leader, um, you have to be aware and um, opening the door to communication and making sure that you check your own biases and your own lens at the door and giving that objective opportunity to have a, a, you know, a a candid dialogue, really important. All right. So for the
0: rest of this conversation, we're going to kind of, I want to talk about this sort of leadership top down and then sort of junior bottom up, um, and we'll kind of bring it all back together. But let's start at the top. I mean, this is nominally a marketing podcast, and this is sort of nominally a diversity conversation. I don't know as though those two things are separate. You know, do you have and a thought about...
1: Yeah, yeah, I do have a few thoughts. You know, I do believe that they intersect because it intersects for our, our clients. Uh, legal marketers, especially legal marketing leaders, have the responsibility to make sure that they are a value add and have a seat at the table when the diversity discussions are happening, whether they're about attorneys specifically or about just client needs, because they do often overlap, Uh, What you find in many firms, um, especially of larger scale, much of these functions around diversity and around attorney development and in client relations all sit in different houses. But as a legal marketing leader, you have the strength, you have the opportunity, and you certainly have the pull to create opportunity for conversation and inviting other people to those tables, whether they're in the HR group, whether they're in the attorney development group or otherwise. And when you open those lines of communications, the results can be phenomenal. Because you can now pull in your staff people to those conversations and open up their lens to a new, again, new way, a new way of thinking on how they can tackle the diversity issues, diversity problems, and the diversity marketing that's needed um, in today's markets.
0: And again, we're not talking about building programs or building systems. I mean, this can be really be as simple as every once a quarter. Making <laughs> Picking up, up the on, phone. Right. <laughs> Um, That's right. No one could see my gesture of picking up the phone. Uh, (laughs) That's right. I'm a visual person on a audio format right now. I should remember. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, it it can be really simple. I mean, whether that's internal or external networking, like, you know, actually let's leave networking aside for the moment, because I think that goes into a slightly different direction, but opening up, you know, cross-functional communication, making sure sure that you have those relationships, you know, how hard is it?
1: It shouldn't be. Um, As a law firm leader, um, as a legal marketing professional, you should have the ear of the administrators that sit in different roles. Uh, what happens inside the firm definitely reflects outwardly, and so it should matter to most leaders, and I, I'm sure it does. Picking up the phone and talking to the head of attorney development, picking up the phone and talking to your HR person who handles um, any type of attorney programming, picking up the phone and actually talking to, say, a attorney who has a significant hand in programs and having a once-a-quarter conversation, a check-in. Maybe even a coffee and just asking questions, hearing how things are going and making sure that they, most importantly, know they can come to you with their concerns. I think, you know, when you think about where people take their complaints (laughs) or where people put their most prized thoughts, usually with their peer groups and not necessarily with the folks outside of their immediate spheres of influence, and you have the power to change that.
0: Right. I mean, you can really grow your visibility as a trusted advisor internally. Um, for sure. Which, again, that could be for those coming to you because they need help with their pitch deck, because they need help with a program, whatever they need help doing, or it could be your, you know, your junior event coordinator who needs just someone to listen for five minutes.
1: Right? <laughs> exactly right. And you know, it is a burden of leadership where you have to sometimes be the counselor, and you have to be that soundboard, or sometimes you have to be, you know, um, the person who breaks up the latest argument. <laughs> (laughs) It's the nature of what the work is, you know. When you get to these levels, these upper levels, it's about people management and less about just the tactical day-to-day stuff. Which again, they'll lean on you for guidance and for again, your from your experience. But they look to you more to be the safe place for them to take their concerns, their ideas, and to be celebrated. They look to you to be celebrated.
0: Great segue. You know, I think one of the things that you can also do in that leadership role is bring visibility. You know, and, and again, thinking about diversity as sort of its relation to marketing, I think one thing marketers can do is really tell stories. They can make people visible. And I think making people visible, making them part of the, the image of a firm, you know, that, that's a powerful thing to be able to do. It helps people feel like they belong.
1: Absolutely, big firms um, do a really good job of having the manpower to do so, <laughs> and to um, start the podcast, to create the newsletters, to put out these fancy intranets. But when you're a smaller shop, I think one of the most important things to think about is being able to just make simple email templates where you can send something out, or have you know your assistant send out a quarterly little um, update on, hey, you know, a partner spoke at these three places, and those three places happen to be you know the NAACP or um, the Asian affinity network just met up with, you know, the heads of um, some particular organization that was, again, diversity focused. There's ways to be a part of the conversation. And those small day-to-day aspects, you know, it's nothing to create, you know, a little banner on the top of, a, of, of an Outlook email and create a cool little footer. And then again, just, you know, tailor the font a bit and just have it sent out. Folks might even start to look forward to it. And those are then, again, easy lifts for you to be able to communicate simple gestures um, and simple celebrations of people, whether they're Persons of color on the firm, people who are you know g- gender nonconforming, all the different um, buckets that are out there now. There's a way for you to be a part of that and to celebrate that internally. And again, to your point, exactly right, Michael. But you know, at the end of the day, we are the storytellers. And especially when you're in a, a leadership role or even as someone who has 20,000 hats, <laughs> it doesn't change the responsibility and what you need to do. So finding smart ways to do it, again, and using the, the resources that you have is pivotal.
0: It comes back to listening Being willing to make those connections throughout the firm or even, you know, perhaps outside the firm as well. I mean, I think it's simply being aware of what's happening.
1: Yeah. And that awareness, you know, comes at a cost. Your time. And everyone's super busy. We wear our busyness as a badge of honor. And unfortunately, in 2019, it is not about working longer. It's about working smarter. And we have to find ways, especially in our industry, to work smarter. And that's a hard thing to do because so much of our work is people. So much of our work is words. <laughs> and so much of what we do day to day requires, you know, three, four hours of concentration and uninterruption. Uh, with that said, um, it doesn't change the need that we have to communicate effectively, to pick up a phone at least once a month and just have a twenty minute chat about something that's important around the firm with the said person that you might not have seen in say, you know, for the year yet and making that outreach. Because it will be reciprocated. Those kind of activities have a way of having really awesome ripple effects.
0: You know, something else that we had you had talked about as we were prepping for this was that excellence is just the baseline now. Yeah. Um, And rather than get into that, I think I'm going to shift this to something else you were talking about, which is the need to be constantly reading more, to be constantly learning and growing yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think doing what you do now and doing what you do well isn't enough anymore. You do have to be constantly improving.
1: Yeah. You have to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable. That is the only way you'll be a life learner. Um, You know, stepping out of your comfort zone and reading things that you normally wouldn't have from a legal marketing lens. You know, how many folks do we know sat down and read the ABA Resolution 113 that talked about, you know, what diversity is going to look like in a few years and what GCs want out of their law firms? How many of us are well versed on, you know, the the latest reports out of NALP, um, the National um, Association for Law Firm Professionals? Um, that's, That's stands for, you know, other groups and other organizations out there create these studies and reports that none of us read. You know, um, I would say more so junior and mid, mid middle managers, for the most part, who don't read a lot of this stuff. Um, just because, again, they're the ones who get bombarded with the most work and they're exhausted and um, they they get it from all angles. But you have to make time to keep up with latest trends. Areas that you don't naturally have exposure to and areas where, you know, you might not know the language. Many people in the legal marketing space aren't exactly well versed on diversity lingo, so to speak, what the latest laws are. What gender nonconforming really means. What kind of programs are already being put in place in certain in their peer firms? Uh, what they, what they should be thinking about and what they should be adding to their materials when they're telling clients what's going on. You know, the worst place you want to be in the legal marketing space is just reacting to everything. Um, having a proactive hat will definitely differentiate you on your teams, as well as making you look like the true trusted advisor that you should be to your lawyers. And um, that proactive aspect only happens if you're staying up-to-date and you're reading up on what's happening from the National Association of Women Lawyers, Well, whether or not you're following you know, the, the blogs on you know um, from law.com that are focused on gender um, issues as well as um, people of color issues or, or um, other areas that again are diverse uh, that attorneys face day-to-day because folks are writing up about it. These um, reporters are all over it. So making sure that you're just as aware is important.
0: And you have to be an expert but you have to be aware. (laughs) Right Right.
1: on, right on. You're not expected to know everything. But there are groups, you know, um, some groups include the Center for Talent Innovation. Uh, They spend a lot of time talking about the gender issues and persons of color issues that all professionals face. And your attorneys have clients who are in volumes of different um, industries. And so if they care, you have to care too. And some of it actually applies to much of the work that you do day to day. Just because you're hearing about a report about what's happening in, say, the entertainment space for a said type of industry doesn't mean some of it doesn't affect uh, the legal space.
0: What about folks who are a little more junior, right? I mean, I, these, all, these things all apply to them as well. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I would think a junior person has even more of um, skin in the game if to get themselves well read because they do want the acceptance of their leaders they they need their own v- levels of visibility and you gain trust when your persons above you those who you report to need you when they see you as completely indispensable i can't get this work done without that person and it's because they trust you to do a good job and to think outside the box and to give them solutions they haven't even thought of yet and to even bonus points. How about this? Bonus points if you can actually be ahead of an issue that they would have ran right into if you hadn't raised something early enough, again, independently. That's when you start to build those really trusting, deep, lasting relationships that when promotion time comes, you're the first on the heap. Not only being ahead of
0: things, but taking things off people's plates. I mean, we were talking about some of the reporting that you do, uh, the diversity reporting that if someone junior is tasked with either getting those numbers from you if they learn some of those reporting things and can take a couple of things off your plate. Right. I mean like that's a huge thing. And then it's going to build again, those cross department connections. For sure. It's going to build goodwill. I mean, it's it's all about how do you expand your sphere of influence, right?
1: Yeah, exactly right. You know, you think about some of the ideas that you may have and want to implement. And you think, oh, I'm too small for this or I'm too junior for this. There's nothing wrong with raising your hand and saying, you know, this may take three or four people for as a lift, but this is a great idea. and I think it's worth talking about. Oh, it affects three different departments. That's OK. I'm willing to talk to those people. I'm willing to help facilitate those, you know, calendar invitations if I'm too junior to just do that part, but I want to be in the room. There's nothing wrong with that. And you'd be surprised how happy your leadership would, uh, would be to see you take those strides.
0: If you're, again, the junior marketing person, maybe you're not talking to the head of HR, but there's another junior person in HR. Exactly. And maybe you should be building those connections. For
1: sure, because they will later on maybe leading other projects and want to pull you in. Um, there's At the end of the day, you're all growing. And when you're looking at the bottom up, your peer groups are, for the most part, cross-functional. The beauty of being, you know, in the um, lower ranks, ultimately, in these spaces is that it's a bigger pool. And so you have more of a natural opportunity to meet people from different groups because you're all in the same game together. And frankly, you have that kind of wiggle room to hit up a few extra happy hours to meet up and to talk about, you know, shoot the breeze, catch up on things, and find out who shares the same interests you have, you know, and start kind of building your tribe kind of thing.
0: Somewhere on your website, I don't remember where I saw this, Um, I'm going to paraphrase, but you talk about people engaging as their best selves Mm -hmm. in order to, I mean, I took it as people being their best selves to kind of push the sort of group forward. I think that really, in a way, these general or these very day-to-day kind of things, these very small gestures Mm -hmm. are kind of that living your best self and those small things eventually things forward
1: yeah the phrase I think you were looking for was uh, bring your best self to work and bring your best, bring your best self to every opportunity every discussion and taking every interaction seriously that is a mantra of my life one of the many that I have <laughs> because our whole selves, are full of a lot of things. We talked about earlier the layers of us, you know, the things that we kind of bring from our childhood, things that we bring from where we used to work, the, the last projects that didn't go so well, all the things. Your best self is actually the person who is optimistic, who is looking at life with a big, bold lens that anything is possible, we can get this done, whatever that is. When you get up in the morning and you take a shower and you, and you tackle your day, you're walking out with a clean slate. That canvas can be anything you want it to be. And when you approach people that way, you have so much more of an opportunity to create beautiful things together than you would anything else in the latter, (laughs) clearly. Um, I think that... Folks sometimes bring their whole selves to work, and uh, sometimes that includes the things that aren't so happy. The the overwhelmed feeling, the burnout, they're bringing, you know, the exhaustion, they're bringing the the negativity, the pessimism with them. And I think your best self doesn't really want to. Uh, your, be- your best self wants to leave the past in the past and tackle each day with a fresh lens. And when you do that and with that with people, especially with folks you work with day to day and you know the night before was rough, start the morning off with a coffee together. Let's recap. Let's see what we can think about what we can do differently. New canvas, new day. And when you live your life that way, the work is still hard, but it's bearable, it's enjoyable, and you can see the fruit of your labor much easier.
0: And it's easier for everyone else too, right? It lifts everyone up.
1: (laughs) This is true. It does. uh, To your point, the ripple effect of, you know, when you're in a good mood, you make everyone else in a good mood. When you're optimistic, you know, your subordinates are optimistic. When you're the assistant or you're the coordinator and you're walking into a room of just stuffies, you know, angry folks, you're having a bad day, your smile may change the entire mood of that room. So it goes both ways for sure.
0: Well, let's close specifically with this. What are the two things? just on a day-to-day level, that as leaders, people should be doing to either elevate the conversation around diversity in a firm or to push it forward. Not things that are, again, not, not program-wise, but just everyday gestures that people can make to, to make things better.
1: When you see people of color in your office, make a point to ask some questions beyond the how's your day going How's that last project? Hey, you know, um, I noticed that you're a part of a set organization because I took the time to look up your LinkedIn. That's something that's really easy. You can do that. I would say the same thing goes for persons who are LGBT, those who are, identify, again, as diverse in any capacity. Your job is to really, you know, I hate the phrase, I think many people hate this phrase, oh, I don't see color. Once upon a time, you had, a, you had people who said that. I mean, there's people who still say that now. And they think it's a way of saying, I see you as my equal. That's not what that is. We are equal, yes, but we are still different. You know, we're different in how we see the world, what we think, what we care about. And I want you to celebrate my difference. And it's okay if you see it. I don't see that as a knock. I see it as a, as an opportunity. I see it as, as awesomeness. And I think when you take your time out to do that, that's one thing you can do day to day is see people. And again, that goes across the board. And I'm not saying, oh, my God, you walk down the hall and you're like, oh, my God, there's a, there's a person there with a great, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying that there's people on your teams who come from very different places. Get to know them and do your homework on them first, the same way you'd ask your attorneys to do homework on their clients. <laughs> Get to know them a little bit. Read their resume before they start. <laughs> you know, then this goes more so for roles where you didn't have a direct hand in pulling them on or those kind of things. Get to know what they've done. Google them. You'd be surprised. They might have an awesome like fishing club that they're a part of or a bowling you know, league they're a part of, things that you might want to know. I think that's something that's really easy to do. The second thing is to keep communication lines open. Position yourself as someone that can come to you with an open door um, attitude, Uh, whether it's, you know, once you have office hours on a Tuesday at 3, whatever that is, create that space. Because as a leader, if you don't create it, it won't come. Folks naturally are going to think you're busy, too busy for them. Folks are going to want to stay out of your way depending on what project's going on. Create that space. And you'd be surprised who'll fill it cool stories great people an opportunity to grow and learn from others
0: and for those junior folks two things for them
1: Read, 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 <laughs> read as much as you can. There's so many thought leadership pieces and folks who are thinking outside of the lines right now, whether it be diversity or otherwise. You know, it's one thing to, you know, scour the PR webs of, of you know, the, the legal things happening. It's another to join, you know, um, um, talks and or read blogs about what's happening in the diversity space for lawyers across mid-sized firms, large firms, even small firms. There's also great studies that come out of organizations Like I mentioned before, you know, the Center for Talent Innovation, as well as, you know, diversitylab.com, which was a great organization um, that was uh, put together between um, Bloomberg Law and Diversity Lab to create um, type of hackathons where they're tackling legal diversity issues. Read up on those studies. Read up on that activity. Those are great things to bring up at your staff meetings. Speak up is number two. You know, your first one was read. Yes, catch up. But then communicate what you've learned. You know, The greatest, you know, um, evidence of learning is application. And so if you're able to sit down and tell your leader, tell your boss, hey, guess what? You know, I learned some really interesting things. This might actually affect your work. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Your enthusiasm alone creates opportunity for them to appreciate your contributions and may create opportunity for you later. Because if a project comes on that you're now a pseudo expert in, they're calling you. You know, so read more and raise your hand for sure.
0: Great. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Legal Marketing Studio podcast.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: And thank you to our listeners for joining us for this episode. Wherever you found us, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, or somewhere else, please remember to subscribe and to leave us a like. And take a moment to check out our website, legalmarketing.studio. Note that there's no .com. It is just .studio for additional content, including photographs and links. Uh, We'll put several links uh, to some of the organizations that Tiffany mentioned. We'll put those in the show notes. podcast is a production of Picture More Business, a corporate photography studio based in Brooklyn, New York working with clients nationally, and focused on the needs of the legal industry. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening.